goal over and over, dribbling the ball down the beach and then letting fly as he scored the goal yet again. Then he was Nobby Styles, skipping along, holding the cup up high, his socks round his ankles. It made me laugh out loud watching him. And Manny loved it too, barking his head off and then chasing after the ball wherever Alex kicked it. It was a wild and blustery day, with clouds scudding across the sky. I sat down and watched the waves tumbling in towards the shore. Manny was bored with football by now, because Alex kept taking the ball away from him. Instead, he was doing what he usually did, chasing everything that moved. His tail first, then gulls, leaves, and a paper bag that was flying low across the beach, just too high for him to catch. After a while, he came running back to me. I knew what he was after. And I knew, too, that once I started the game, it would go on forever. He stood there, looking at me adoringly, his eyes pleading with me. I gave in, just as he knew I would. I picked up a stick and threw it into the sea for him. Off he went and back he came, again and again and again. I had just thrown the stick for the umpteenth time when a pair of oyster-catchers flew up suddenly from behind me, out to sea, piping as they went. Something had alarmed them. Manny was distracted from his game and dropped his stick, which was strange because he was as used to oyster-catchers as I was. He didn't usually pay them any attention. His ears were pricked forward, his gaze fixed on something higher up the beach. I thought at first it must be Alex's football. I could see it now. It had landed up there not far from the upturned rowing boat. But it wasn't the football that was bothering him. He had heard something. And I heard it too now. The sound of voices. Men's voices. There was a growl in the back of Manny's throat. That was when I first saw the two men. They were coming down the track towards the rowing boat at the top of the beach. As they reached it, they stood there for some moments, looking out to sea. One of them was carrying a walking stick and had on a strange hat with a feather in it. The other was much taller and was wearing a duffel coat. They were arm in arm and leaning into the wind. Manny was barking at them by now. I told him to shut up, and to my surprise, he did exactly as I said. He came to sit close to me, his head against my leg for reassurance. Then Alex was beside me too. Who are they? he whispered. The taller of the two had spotted Alex's football by now and picked it up. Yours? he called out. The men looked a little older than Dad. City people, I thought. They had on mudded city shoes, not wellies. Alex nodded and put his finger in his mouth, which he always did when he was nervous. I'll bring it down to you, said the man. Not so good at kicking these days. Then the one in the hat took the football off him. Nine, nine, Marty. I shall kick it, he said. A football should be kicked. It is what a football is for. He dropped the ball onto the ground, 
took a step or two back and kicked it. It was a perfectly judged kick, the ball ending up so close to us that Alex had only to bend down to pick it up. The two men laughed, waved at us, and went on their way, down towards the sea, where they stood for a few moments with their backs to us, looking up and down the beach. That was when I heard one of them saying, It was about here. I think it was about here that it happened. Yeah, yeah, here, I am sure. For a while, nothing more was said. Then he went on. I am so glad that I came back. This was a good idea of yours, Marty. I did not think it was going to be, but it is. He spoke English with a foreign accent of some kind. I could understand him all right, but it wasn't the kind of accent I was used to at all.